Well, hello and welcome <laughs> to the Edgewood 4G podcast. I'm Kyle Parks, the discipleship pastor at Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island. I'm here with Pastor Brian Bill, our senior pastor. And uh, Brian, it's good to be back. I was off a couple weeks and you had some other people here. Um, and so I missed a little bit, but it's good, it's good to be to back. good to have you back. Yeah. We're a good team. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. And you had some good talks and interviews as well. And so uh, I think this can be a good, hot topic today. I think so. It's doctrinal. It matters. And yet, as I mentioned this last Sunday, as Baptists, we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately. Why, why do you think that is? It's crazy, isn't it? Because the Holy Spirit's all over Scripture. Yeah. Not just the New Testament, but the right. Old Testament. Right. right. Like a hundred times in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's a lot. I think... You're right. Like, we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit, but there's like two extremes. It's like churches that don't talk about the Holy Spirit at all, and there's those that talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like one or the other, it seems like. But there's a balance, right? I, I think that's there, and we can talk about it um, and, and get into this topic. Uh, but it's all over Scripture, and so I think it's important to get into. So... Brian, what I was thinking, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is what um, prompted you to um, want to do this series on our Holy Helper, or some things that you know came up or transpired to, to to think, okay, it's time for us to get into a series on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, one one big presenting one was when we did the Edgewood State of Theology survey, and when we were going over the results. Uh, there were some areas that we needed to give attention to. Yeah. But it was shortly after that, I realized that to my own chagrin, I've not preached much about the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. like taken a whole sermon on the topic. And so there was some personal conviction. There's kind of a third stream running through me as I've been praying for revival, that God would revive mm. us again, that we might rejoice in him um, I, I want to walk more closely with the Spirit. You know, yeah. Galatians says, keep in step with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. I mean, and I like, okay, if I'm going to be praying for revival, mm-hmm. I, I need to make sure that I'm conscious of the Holy Spirit. And I guess the fourth stream, and it's related to that, I've been trying to actively follow the nudge or the prompting of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. throughout the day. Yeah. And sometimes, as I mentioned this last weekend, it's profound and strong. It's like, I have to do this. Mm, Most of the time, it's pretty subtle. Uh, But I still have the opportunity to obey or not obey. And I've found when I'm quick to obey, uh, practice immediate obedience, some really cool things happen. Like an example today, I was at Vibrant Coffee Shop. No surprise to you. Oh, you love it. I do. (laughs) I do. You always run into people there, you know. I do. And there's two guys that have coffee in there every Wednesday, and I'm normally there Wednesday morning. A couple months ago, I first met them, and it was I forgot their names, Mm -hmm. but we kind of nod at each other, kind of greet, kind of wave. Yeah. Well, today I purposefully walked by the table they were at. They were at a different section, and I walked by, and one of the guys said, where in the Bible does it say God helps those who help themselves? <laughs> nice. Because I'm wearing my Edgewood hat, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and I smiled, and I said, actually, that's Aesop's fables. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> and then the, the next guy said, 
well, where does it say cleanliness is next to godliness? Oh, my word. I said, not in there. Um, And then, though, one of them said, isn't there something about how the Pharisees focused on the outward and keeping their cups and dishes clean on the outside, but their hearts were bad on the inside? I said, absolutely. And I... I was working on a sermon like 10 feet away. I said, I'll be right back. Let me get my Bible. And so I brought my Bible over and I was able to read two verses to them from Mm -hmm. the Gospel of Matthew regarding that reference. And that triggered some more conversation. And then I was able to give them uh, two, I gave both of them a gospel booklet. And one of them seemed very interested in coming to Edgewood and knows some people here. So made that ask. So I say all that, Kyle, just to say the prompting today was very mild. Yeah. Like, walk by those guys. Yeah. And that's the only plan I had. It's mm-hmm. like Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, mm. where the Spirit says, go and sit there. Go climb up in the chariot. Mm. He gets up there, and they're reading the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Well, these guys weren't reading Isaiah. They were quoting Aesop's fables. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was an opportunity that I could have easily missed. And so... Those are some of the reasons behind, like, it's time for us as a church, if we want to be positioned for what God wants to do in each of our lives individually as we're praying for revival and awakening, uh, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He guides us. He's the convictor of sin. I mean, there's, there's so many roles the Holy Spirit has, but most of all, he's God. He's the third member yeah. of the Trinity, and he's holy. And so I, I came into this series a little like, wow, this is going to be hard because there's some controversial elements. Sure. But as I got closer to the series starting, I was excited. Like, yeah. there's nothing to be afraid of. Right. Um, in fact, that might be why some of us don't dive into it. Sure. Same with prophecy. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to read Revelation. It's too confusing. Mm-hmm. But when you do, you're like, oh, this is rich and there's a blessing from Revelation that comes with that. And I think even after week one of this series, I think we're already experiencing some blessings. Yeah. No, that's really good, Brian. Appreciate you sharing that. And you talk about praying for a revival, and you can't really talk about and pray about revival without talking about the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, were studying revival in my class a couple months back, and then inevitably it turned into a series on the Holy Spirit. And so there are questions that came up in my class about that. So, so then we took about a month on the, the Holy Spirit. Can and, I have your notes? I didn't know this. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of notes here. Uh, but it's so interesting because there's a lot of um, questions that people have, but maybe afraid to ask, or there's a lot of misinformation out there. Because literally you have churches that, you know, um, and services and weekends and sermons, whatever, you, you never hear anything about the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. And, you know, the the worship may be lifeless, and yeah. there's not a whole lot going on there. Right. And then other churches, you have people swinging from the chandeliers. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, what's going on here? But obviously the Holy Spirit's at work. We see it in Scripture. We believe um, uh, that today as well, that he's active and working in the lives of believers today. And just like you said, prompting people to do things. But often I think if we're not careful, we can try to do ministry on our own, by ourselves. Mm. We can try to do it in our own power. And we're never meant to, to do that. And that was never meant to be the way we um, go about our Christian life. I'd come across this quote uh, from C.T. Studd when it comes to doing ministry. And this one's just so good. It says this, How little chance the Holy Spirit has nowadays. The churches and missionary societies have so bound him in red tape 
that they practically ask him to sit in the corner while they do the work themselves. Whoa. Can you believe that? I mean, but that's just so true. I think so many churches, individuals, just, they're just like, we can do this ourselves. And it's all about putting on a good program or, yep. or, or trying to find a way to draw people in rather than praying and seeking the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us mm. and to and to invite his presence and to, 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 to be there and to work and move. And uh, so that's what we want to see. That's and it reminds me, Kyle, right before we're, rec- we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, I had just typed out Galatians 3.3. 3. Mm. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then I was thinking of a quote from this weekend that I ended the sermon with. It goes along with that C.T. C.T. Studd uh, quote mm-hmm. um, when A.W. Tozer said, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, man, this is sad if it's true. And I think, wow, 95% of what we do would go on mm. and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop mm. and everybody would know the difference. Yeah. You can tell that, especially like Book of Acts, right? The Spirit led right. this, this, you know, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas. It was the Spirit who did that. The mm-hmm. Spirit told Philip to go um, and sit in the chariot with mm-hmm. the Ethiopian eunuch. You, you can't read the Book of Acts. You can't explain right. the growth of Christianity without the Holy Spirit. And Kyle, man, I, I appreciate what you, you said because you really, let's be honest, you and I are kind of professionals, right? This is what we do. It's mm. our job. Mm-hmm. And you do this for a while, you can end up just kind of doing it in your own sure. strength. Like, yeah. oh, now now I have to do this. Now I need to do that. Um, and I don't want to ever be like that right? Um, because the, the Christian life is meant to be lived in the Spirit, by the Spirit, and by His power filling us for effective ministry, utilizing and energizing the spiritual gifts that he gives us for uh, for the growth and the edification of the body. Yeah. And you mentioned um, Francis Chan work on uh, The Forgotten God. So I don't know if that came out 10, 12 years ago or whatever, pretty popular at mm-hmm. the time and I think still worthy of um, referencing. Um, but why is that? Why is the Holy Spirit treated like a forgotten God? Why do we often forget to invite the Holy Spirit and to to pray, to seek, and to uh, to ask the Holy Spirit to yeah. lead us and guide us? Why do you think that? It, why do you think that's such a temptation? Well, for us the as first believers? answer that comes to my mind is the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? He he's all about glorifying Jesus, yeah. and so uh, the three members of the Trinity are equal, and yet they're distinct yeah. with different roles. So I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm afraid there might be in some of our traditions, like you mentioned this, like fear, like, oh, I don't want to talk too much about the Holy Spirit (laughs) or, um, you know, because of excesses that we see. Um, and, and then maybe too, it's spiritual warfare, you know, where we think I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. God helps those who help themselves. I was pretty quick to say (laughs) that that was Aesop's fables, but... Sometimes as Christians, that's how we live. Like, I just yeah. got to work. I got I to gotta go after this. And we forget that the gospel is all about done and not about do. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit 
who illuminates his word. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's our helper. He's our comforter. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think, and, and maybe Kyle, one other thing is I think we just get lazy, mm. you know, we're not precise in our, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about God and we forget that God exists in three co-equal and yet distinctive persons. And, um, once we focus on that, it opens up so much, right? Yeah. We, um, maybe at the end, I'll talk about this. Someone came up to me after the service and said, is it okay to pray to the Holy Spirit? Right. And she thought she had made a mistake mm. um, by praying to the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, just helping people to understand what the Bible says on these things. And I think addressing this is really important, just like the surveys we did this summer. You know, I think having a series on this is really important. You're going to get into this um, next series in December with... Uh, Jesus and the the Christmas story. And so I think what people do, just like some people think, oh, Jesus got to start, you know, when he was born (laughs) in Bethlehem and baby Jesus and all that in Christmas time. And obviously we know Jesus goes back to the very beginning. Well, there is no beginning. There is no beginning, right. Uh, But then I think of the same thing with the Holy Spirit. People think, oh, well, then the Holy Spirit shows up in Acts, you know, chapter two. and, And then that's when the Holy Spirit appeared. Well, the Holy Spirit's all over Scripture. I literally go to the... Genesis 1-1. Yeah, go to the first <laughs> verse of the Bible, and then it, he's all over the Old Testament. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Where do we see the Holy Spirit at work in the Old Testament? Is there uh, different ways that the Holy Spirit is active in the lives of people uh, in the Old Testament as opposed to the New Testament? I had a few things to share, but yeah, what are some thoughts right from you from the get-go on that? Yeah, but I'd be curious to to hear what you yeah. have to say too, so I can learn from you. There, it, I am reminded of a guy. Uh, I don't have notes on this, but I think his name was Bezalel, who was one of the craftsmen in yeah. the temple. Yeah, and it says the spirit yeah. came upon him, and mm-hmm. I remember sharing that with a craftsman in our previous church. He was a carpenter. And he'd be like, oh, I'm not in the ministry, mm. and you guys are pastors. Right. And I'm like, Matt, listen, you have been gifted, yeah. and the Lord is using you. And I, re- I reminded him of that story that God raised up, Bezalel, who was a gifted craftsman. But it was more than that. It says the Spirit came upon him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. What, what are some that come to your mind? Yeah, well, definitely there was uh, Joshua. Uh, mm-hmm. We see... Um, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, capital S, and lay your hand on him. And that was what uh, was spoken to uh, of Moses that he was supposed to do. And we see this in some of the judges, too. Yep. Talk about the Spirit of the Lord uh, was upon different judges. Othniel, Gideon, uh, Jephthah, I believe. And then you have guys like Samson. You have guys like Saul in the mm-hmm. Old Testament, where at one point it says the Holy Spirit came upon them. Yeah but then the Holy Spirit left them because of their sin. And so that's different, obviously, than what we see in the the New Testament and being sealed with the Spirit now. The Holy Spirit stays and resides within us and doesn't leave. Forever. But they had that that happen at uh, certain times in the Old Testament. Even David, when he fell into sin, the Spirit never left him. 
But when he's crying out to God after his sin in Psalm 51, it says, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Mm-hmm. So he's pleading with God that that won't take place. And maybe he knew of you know, what had happened with these other judges and, of course, Saul at that time. And so the, the working of the Spirit was different at times in the Old Testament, uh, but the Holy Spirit was active. We see that for sure all throughout the Old Testament. And then we see the Holy Spirit come in Acts chapter 2 and come upon every believer mm. there. Can you imagine what that, what that must have like. been like? And hearing hearing the gospel, hearing preaching in their own native tongues. Yep. Is that, that'd, that'd be mind-blowing. Yeah, and then every believer going from, what, 120 believers to 3,000 that very day, and then each and every one of them having the Holy Spirit of God, and then uh, the same uh, from then on out. Uh, when people would believe and they would, uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and, uh, and God was with them. It was no longer about, you know, think back of John 4, it was no longer about worshiping God at a certain location, yeah. a temple, or a certain group of people. The Holy Spirit of God would reside uh, within believers. And so it's just such an amazing promise that they had and now we have today. Mm. I was reminded, Kyle, when you were walking through the book of Acts, in one of the, there's three or four kind of divisions where there's this like editorial comment from Luke, uh, chapter 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, makes us think of Acts 1 8, right? Mm -hmm. Had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, Ooh, yeah. it multiplied. It multiplied. Yeah. Fear of the Lord, healthy respect for who God is, his holiness. But I love how it says the comfort of the Holy Spirit because yeah. that's his name. Jesus gave that name. Comforter. The comforter, right, the yeah. helper. It's that It's that same beautiful word. In, yeah. And I think it's important just to remind people, and, and you mentioned this too, but the Holy Spirit is a person, a he, not mm-hmm. an it. Uh, we see the Holy Spirit as having uh, emotions. It talks about not grieving the Spirit. Uh, We're told not to quench the Spirit. We're told to pray at all times in the Spirit. These different writings from Paul, our interactions with the Spirit is just like a person Mm -hmm. that we would interact with and have a relationship with. Right. And then I think just uh, one of the big things when it comes to how do we live out our faith is is from the fruit of the Spirit, uh, Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so I think that's a big indication of, of someone who truly knows uh, and, and has a relationship with Jesus and has a Holy Spirit. They're seeing the fruit of the Spirit displayed in their life. I think that's one of the, the things that you can look to. Yeah. If, if someone's questioning their salvation or wondering, do I, am I really saved? Do I really believe? Well, is there fruit in your life? Yeah. Is there the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Is that growing? Is that something you're working on? Is it something you're striving toward? And, and that's, that's another indicator that we have the Holy Spirit within yep. us. Yep. And the issue isn't so much, how do I get more of the Holy Spirit? Right. Because we have all of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We don't need another blessing. We don't have to have a special experience. Uh, it, it, we have all of the Holy Spirit. But the question is, does he have all of us? Yeah. Right. So it ultimately comes down to surrender. As you were reading the fruit of the Spirit, uh, if we keep reading the very next verse, verse 25, 
if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Um, it, so back to your point, Kyle, about the Holy Spirit being personable, a person, uh, not in the way we d- understand sure. person, but having personality yeah. and emotion. Um, we're called to keep in step with the Spirit. And I, I can remember when Beth and I first started dating, she still makes fun of me about this. We were out on a walk, and I was trying to keep our steps in sync with each other. And I'd like look over so that we weren't like out of sync. And it was it was really awkward. I was stumbling over. I didn't know her that well. But I remember thinking, I want to walk in the same like mm. cadence as Beth. Yeah. It, but because I focused so hard on it, I, it kind of messed up. <laughs> but when I think of this verse, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step. So that is something we should be striving toward. Lord, how can I keep in step with the Spirit? If this is where the, steer, the Spirit is moving, Lord, I want to I be there, mm-hmm. right? Lord, if you're blessing here, I want to be where you're blessing and not asking me, asking you to bless what I want to do. Right. I don't want to just go off and walk in my ways. I know I want to walk step by step in the Spirit, with the Spirit, by the Spirit, all for the glory of God. Yeah, that's really good. And I think you and me both mentioned First um, Thessalonians five nineteen: Do not quench the Spirit. And so I want to ask Brian kind of a provocative question. But if we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, why do we still uh, wrestle with sin? And so we we do have that um, that command there um, from from Paul: Do not quench the Spirit. But why is this even a pro- why is sin still an issue for us <laughs> if we have the Holy Spirit of God within us? Yeah, yeah. W- wouldn't it be great? And that's where we're headed with glorification. Yeah, we're in the process. We've been justified if we know Christ through the new birth. We've been declared righteous because of His righteousness applied to our account. Uh, that was a one-time occurrence that were justified, declared righteous. Sanctification is an ongoing process. Yeah, absolutely. And it's dying to self and living to God every day. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ in Galatians 2.20. It's not I who live, but he who lives within me. So I, I think of those words that I can grieve the Holy Spirit um, and it's interesting, that's verse 30 of Ephesians 4, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then it kind of defines it for us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Mm. Those are all relational terms, mm, right? Yeah. Like if, if I'm mad at you, let's say, and I never, we never clear it up, well, that can turn to bitterness. I then can get angry. I can clamor. I can start talking badly about you. All of that grieves the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit lives inside you. Yeah. You're made in God's image. You matter to him. You have the Holy Spirit within you. And so that's that's a practical thing. If you're going after people and you're living in relational conflict, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. The question you asked about quenching, that's even a stronger word. Yeah. The word quench means to put out a fire. Yeah. Um, so when we ignore the Holy Spirit by continuously compromising our morals and our biblical convictions— the fire of the Holy Spirit can be reduced to smoldering embers. We don't lose the Holy Spirit, yeah. 
But that fire that we just keep pouring water on it, I, I think of, uh, you and I come across this often, um, well, I guess not often, but on occasion where, where somebody, um, you know, wants to get married, let's mm. say, and they're living together mm-hmm. and, and we challenge them to purity, yeah. say from here on out, let's choose purity. Yeah. And w- what can happen if the couple doesn't do that, they can become hardened to the conviction of the Holy Spirit because they're like, hey, there's nothing wrong with this or whenever we... Everybody else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. And when I feel bad, I ask for forgiveness. God understands. We love each other. You know, whatever. All of those kind of compromising, justifying things end up quenching the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes people say, I used to really feel God and Mm. now I don't. Well, it's not about feeling, but sometimes they're saying without knowing they're saying it, I've been so up in living for myself and putting myself first and serving sin, and I'm in a habit of sinful um, patterns that the Holy Spirit has been quenched, mm. right? And they, they no longer can sense that fire within. Now, here's the good news of the gospel. You repent, you turn, and you're back. Yeah. You don't have to like make your way back. It's like, oh, God feels a million miles away and it's going to take me five years to get back to where I was. Uh-uh. You turn and you're back, yeah. right? And that that fresh, uh, what's Jim Cimbala's book? Fresh wind, fresh fire. Yep. That's right. God wants to blow through our lives right now. So listener, if you're in a bad spot and you're just like, man, I feel cold and I feel empty and, and whatever, uh, the good thing is you admit it. But make sure you admit that to the Lord, confess it, repent of it, and then ask him to take those smoldering embers and fan them into flame again. And if you're out of relationship with someone, uh, there's a solution to that. It's called forgiveness. Good stuff, (laughs) Brian. Well, we're called to walk by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. We've talked about that. Uh, But Brian, how do we stay out of getting in this habit of well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this, or the Holy Spirit told me to do that. And Mm. those things can sometimes be questionable that we hear people uh, say that or referring to. Let me throw that one back to you, Kyle, because I've heard you over the last month or so, you you had a good answer to that question itself, if you remember. (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, I hope I do. (laughs) No, you did. And I mean, I'll I'll help see if you can remember, but I I know it's in there just because you're around young adults, right? And sometimes... Sometimes they can say, well, I, I feel like God yeah. wants me to, and it can go from that to God told me to, yeah. and you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. How? How do you know? Yeah. So what would you say to that? Well, a big part of it is is scripture, you know, knowing what the, the Bible says and knowing our calling, like what we're called to do as disciples of Jesus, to follow him first and foremost. I think that's the most important thing. You know, cause when you talk about um, walking by the Spirit, when you talk about um, knowing God's will for your life and all that, God's will for our life is to to glorify him and to mm-hmm. and to share that with other people to share um God's love and grace and forgiveness and all that with other people or supposed to know him and to make him known like that's what we're called to and so the other things are secondary right uh what we do with our life what um what school we go to what 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 place we go to work all that's secondary and so I think it's important for people to understand like the difference between those two things. Uh, so first off, we want to know like what God's will for our life. First and foremost, it's supposed to glorify God when everything mm-hmm. we we think, say, and do. 
But then also like lining up um, everything we do with, with what scripture says, making sure there's nothing that we're doing that's uh, sinful. Uh, we're not um, going by off our, our own agenda or our own, um, our own thinking, uh, but then bringing other people and asking them. Ooh, that's good. I think it's huge. Just, um, there's there, wisdom there's, and counselors. There, there is. It talks about that in, in Proverbs. And so knowing what God's word says, but also asking people to, to help lead you and guide you through that. But we have to do that. Um, know what the Holy Spirit of God says along with like what the Word of God says. A great quote I came across in doing some study was from George Mueller. He said, I seek the will of the Spirit of God through or in connection with the Word of God. The Spirit and the Word must be combined. If I look to the Spirit alone without the Word, I lay myself open to great delusions. Whoa. Yeah. So that's just Very really helpful. It's really good stuff to think through. And so... Um, just making sure we know what God's Word says and making sure um, we're walking by the Spirit. But we know that the Holy Spirit of God and the Bible aren't um, going to, um, they're not at odds with each other. Hmm. They're going to correspond to one another. They're designed to work together yeah. because yeah. He's the Spirit of truth. Yep, He will guide he us into all truth. He inspired the scriptures and He illuminates them yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking also, Kyle, related to that is another key element is involvement in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, when people disengage from church, think of all that they miss. Mm, yeah. Not just in sermons, but moments in a worship service. This last weekend, six baby dedications in one service, or they choose to not come on a weekend when we have a bunch of baptisms, right? right? And I was reading an old sermon. One time we had Ruth Dar come up front. Ruth is, uh, I don't know how old Ruth is, but this sweet lady who just invites people here all the time. And she used to give out samples at a grocery store. And there was a guy at that grocery store who was going through a hard time and Ruth ministered to him and he prayed to receive Christ. Well, that weekend I told the story and that young man, we were meeting in the gym, Mm -hmm. he was in the back of the room and Ruth didn't know he was there. (laughs) He came all the way up front and hugged Ruth. And I remember the week the next week, I summarized that and I said, hey, listen, if you're not here, you might miss what God's going to do, right? Yeah. And Because he's always at work and yeah. he, he's at work among his gathered people. Yeah, that's really good. And we just want to uh, encourage everybody to just walk by the Spirit uh, each and every day. I think sometimes we're thinking about that, maybe praying about that, but most of the time we just go about our day. Yeah. We wake up and we, we go to where we want to go or need to go and we just forget. We just, yep. we do that. That's our, unfortunately, our, our, our human, our sinful nature. Um, but if we start our day asking the Spirit of God who's residing in us to lead us, to guide us, um, to show us what to do, we'll be more aware of different opportunities. We'll be more aware of what he's doing in and around us. And we will uh, feel those prompts from the, the, the Spirit and hopefully listen and, and uh, do a, accordingly uh, mm-hmm. to what He's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. And I often um, encourage people uh, with this, you know, if, if you want God to use you in the lives of people uh, around you, if you want to live on mission, then pray about how... Um, and asking God, where are you already working and moving? Yeah. Is there somebody that you're already stirring in today and working and moving today that um, you want me to talk to? Hmm. That's and, good. And as you cross paths with them, perhaps God will prompt you to talk to them, and, mm-hmm. and he may already be working and moving there 
the door is already open, mm-hmm. the seed already planted, you know, and, and, and we may see fruit from that. So I think just, just listening to God, uh, being in his word, but walking by the spirit is just so And without so asking that, we might miss it then. Yeah. Yeah. We're not thinking about that. Kyle, I wonder if it would be okay if I lead us in a prayer. Let's do it. Um, from great John way to Stott. It's, um, it's a Trinitarian prayer. Okay. And I've been over it several times and I find it very helpful. Heavenly Father, we worship you as the creator and sustainer of the universe. Lord Jesus, we worship you, Savior and Lord of the world. Holy Spirit, we worship you, sanctifier of the people of God. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we pray that we may live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, we pray that this day we may take up our cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, we pray that this day you will fill us with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, three persons and one God, have mercy upon us. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Edgewood 4G podcast. If this episode was helpful, uh, please do us a favor and leave us a rating and review. We want to get this out to more people, and hopefully this will help in your spiritual walk as well. But thanks so much, and we will see you next time.